Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hey everybody, welcome to another MLB Pipeline podcast. I'm Jason Ratliff here with Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. A little bit later we will be joined by Mike Rosenbaum. This is a big, meaty, top 100 prospects MLB Pipeline podcast. We put out our top 100 prospects list. There's a ton to talk about there. Uh, we're going to interview a couple of the players that are ranked very high on that list. We are going to do a little pipeline uh, top 100 prospects Jeopardy. And uh, before we get into all that, there is a bit of a trade to discuss. Uh, the Nolan Arenado deal sent from the Rockies to the Cardinals. Let's talk about that first, guys. The Rockies acquire... Uh, the Cardinals, number 8, 19, and 22 prospects. Uh, El Hiros Montero, Tony Losi, and Mateo Gill, along with left-handed pitcher Austin Gomber and right-hander Jake Somers. For Nolan Arenado, uh, this trade was brewing for uh, a few days before it became official. It was kind of a weird one uh, in, in several ways, uh, but this was one where we didn't know which prospects were going to be involved basically until it became official. There was some, uh, there was some speculation about the players who might be involved and it turned out those players were not involved. And then uh, I think the players who were involved uh, caught people by surprise in terms of what the Rockies got back. Jim, we'll let you lead off here. Your thoughts on this trade. Well, I mean, we keep, I, I keep saying this. I mean, this is a trade that was not dictated by talent. I, think I will side with the vast majority of people who have pontificated about it. It looks like a great trade for the Cardinals and didn't get a whole lot for somebody of Nolan Arenado's caliber. And by throwing $50 million into the trade too, the Cardinals, I think their obligation, if Arenado doesn't go through the opt-outs, uh, would be $150 million for six years, which seems like that would be a very reasonable price tag if, if Arenado were a free agent. So I think it's a great trade for the Cardinals. I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I do like Montero a little bit and he was hurt the last time we saw him. But if you go back to 2018, I mean, he looked like he was a prospect on the rise who, who might be on the top 100 prospects list in the near future. One of the best. Jonathan, was he on our top 10 third base prospects list at one point, maybe? I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Cause he was one of those he was one of those young guys after that that first full season where we had kind of an up arrow next to his name and you kind of thought he would make that that next leap forward. And the Cardinals 
often will skip really good hitting prospects over high A because hitting in Palm Beach is terrible and it can wreck guys swings at times and things like that. So I think the hope is he'd go to double A and, and continue to hit there. It's worked for them. And between injuries and struggling, he, he didn't have a very good year. So uh, he's still plenty young enough where he could turn things around and make this a slightly more equitable trade. I think he's the one that people will be watching the most. Yeah, you know, and I mean, the other guy, I mean, Tony Losey, I mean, you know, I, I like my University of Georgia products. You know, he throws hard. You know, I, I think there's pretty high chance that he's more reliever than starter. You know, Mateo Gill is interesting. You know, when when, when I had him coming out of the draft in 2018, um, you know, some guys liked him. Other guys thought he was okay. I mean, he wasn't ranked real high. I mean, he's not anywhere close to a sure thing. You know, Austin Gomber can give you some innings. You know, Jake Summers was a Wisconsin Milwaukee senior sign who, who's added some velo since he, since he turned pro, but this was a trade that was dictated pretty much by a, the, the relationship between Nolan Arenado, who's one of the best players in baseball and, and Jeff Breidich, the, the GM just disintegrated. And Arenado wanted out, and the Rockies are struggling and obliged him. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest reason, I think, why they weren't able to get you know the kind of return that you would think, even with the opt-outs in Arenado's contract and the size of the contract. You know, those things I don't think were, were the, the biggest obstacles. But I think the fact that everyone knew the Rockies needed to trade Nolan Arenado because uh, of the sort of tensions between... Uh, the front office and their star player had the Rockies a little bit backed up against the wall. So uh, th- I think that probably limited what they were able to to get in return. You know, I think there were probably some people were waiting to hear that, say, someone like Nolan Gorman uh, was involved in this trade. Instead, they got the Cardinals' next best third base prospect in in El Harris Montero. But and we'll see on the other guys. You know, I, I agree with your assessments on on both of them. Losi is interesting. He's got some size and some velo, as you said. And Mateo Gill is probably more of these good baseball player, you know, better than the sum of his parts kind of thing uh, than anything you know, that really jumps out. I mean, they're legit prospects, but they're not, you know, and I, I mean, they do have upside. I'm not banging on those two guys in particular, but they aren't, you know, they're of a caliber of prospect that if those guys don't play in the big leagues, it's not going to be like, oh, geez, what happened? I mean, they could be useful big leaguers. Tony Lewis, he might be a starter. He might be a reliever. He might not make it. Maybe Tail Gill might be a regular. He might be a utility guy. He might not make it. You know, there's just a wide, very wide range of, of outcomes there. So if you want to see where these players rank on the Rockies top 30 prospects list, well, I'll tell you where they rank. But if you want to find out more about them, go to MLBpipeline.com. Go to the Rockies top 30 prospects list. You can find that on Rockies.com as well. But uh, Montero slots in at number seven on the Rockies list. Losi at number 15, and Mateo Gill slots in at number 22. Let's look at the top 10 prospects uh, on this year's top 100 prospects list. They are Rays shortstop Juan DeFranco, Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, Tigers third baseman slash first baseman Spencer Torkelson, a pair of Mariners outfielders Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez, Padres left-hander Mackenzie Gore, Royals shortstop Bobby Witt Jr., Padres shortstop C.J. Abrams, Pirates third baseman Cabrian Hayes, and Toronto Blue Jays right-handed pitcher Nate Pearson. So guys, there's a ton we can talk about here. We could probably talk about this all day. You guys have done Twitter Q&A already. You've written several stories about this. You've done all the blurbs for the list. Why don't you just hit us with with some of the more uh, intriguing, notable sort of things that that jumped out to you as you were 
working on this list, whether it's high risers, newcomers on the list, uh, teams that were best represented. Jonathan, how about you? Well, I think I'm going to kind of go for the the low hanging fruit with the the pair of Mariners outfielders at four and five and and Kelnick and, and Rodriguez. And I think depending on who you ask, even within the organization, you, you might get different opinions about who 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 was first and who was second uh, among that that duo. Uh, you know, they're slightly different players. Kelnick, you know, better chance to stay up the middle, more speed. You know, has a chance to be a twenty twenty player at least at the, at the big league level. And and Rodriguez is uh, while he's worked really hard on his athleticism and as an average runner. Uh, and is you know shown that he actually can play a decent center field. He's going to play a corner, and he's got ridiculous power. Uh, so it's just fun to have both of those guys incredibly young, uh, you know. And I think the expectation is that Kelnick is you know, I if it were me, I'd be given every opportunity to make the opening day lineup. And then Rodriguez, maybe more of a twenty twenty two guy. He's yet to play uh, an upper level, you know, and had some injuries both in 2019 and then even last, uh, last year during, uh, alternate camp, but he did make it back. It wouldn't surprise me. He's precocious enough where he could kind of outperform his ETA of 2022 and, and start knocking on the door. And, and then you're looking at a, a potential outfield in Seattle of Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez. And who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, for for me, I, I guess the thing, I mean, there's a lot of things we can unpack here, but I, I guess the first thing that jumps out, and I don't even know the answer to this question because I don't have the institutional memory you guys do, but have we, has MLB.com ever had two newcomers to a preseason list, you know, not a midseason list where you have guys coming from the draft, rank higher than Randy Arazarena at 34 and Quinn Priester at 52? Do, do we know? Does that, I mean, that seems unusually high. That does seem high. Uh, and obviously, we, you know, we've talked uh, on, uh, enough about Randy or Rosarina. Uh, we could call up Harold Reynolds if you want. Well, he thinks we didn't put him high enough, uh, uh, as we know. That's like a, a such a bizarre thing. And and Quinn Priester, I think, was one of those instances where we just you know, we heard from so many people, not just internally, about how good he looked in both in the alt camp and instructs. That that was almost more of a market correction, I think, than anything else. But I I don't remember. A recent recent memory, and you know, my institutional memory is is not good, but uh, having guys debut that, high. yeah, you know, and I mean, obviously, we're coming off a very unusual year where there was no minor leagues, and you know, I mean, I had people tell me, I mean, I know you had similar you know feedback, Jonathan, that you know they thought Quinn Priester might be the best pitching prospect in baseball by the end of of twenty twenty one based on how good he looked in instructional league. So I, I guess that was the thing that those two guys debuting as high as they did. And like you said, we've, we've talked about Arazarain at length and I mean, his saga is very unique. And then also I believe it's a first to have five tigers in the top 25. I, I, I don't, that's the first time we've had any teams had five guys in the top 25, right? That's correct. Um, and you know, as I say all the time, going back to my days of baseball America, when, when we started ranking farm systems in 1984, which is even a few years before I got there, the, the perennially, you know, low, two lowest ranked farm systems year after year were the Tigers and the Phillies. And if you combine baseball America's rankings with our rankings before the last couple of years, the Tigers have only been in the top 10 once in, in 30 plus 35 plus years. And, and so he just speaks to, to how much their system is on the rise. All right, that top 100 prospects list is up on MLBpipeline.com right now, so check it out. Uh, When we come back, uh, in a little bit, we're going to do, we're going to talk more about the top 100 prospects list in our 
Pipeline Top 100 Prospects Jeopardy. But first, when we come back, Jim is joined by Adley Rutschman, and Jonathan is going to chat with Mariners prospect Julio Rodriguez. That's coming up next. You know what's a tough pill to swallow? Watching your team strand runners. You know what's an easy pill to swallow? The new daily multivitamin from official MLB partner Roman. The peppermint-coated pills are created by doctors and backed by science. Whether you're a five-tool player or just looking to support your general health, the 23 ingredients target men's everyday nutrient needs and overall well-being. Visit GetRoman.com MLB today to learn more and bring your A-game every day. The 2-0 and Rutschman is smoked out to right. You can forget about this baseball. It is so far out of here. And it ends up deep to right center, 107 miles an hour off the bat. And it cuts Vermont's lead in half as Rutschman goes yard. Runner goes, 1-0, pitch swung on a miss for strike one. Throw down to second base, he's out, he's out, he's out. Rutschman got him. Rushman with a cannon. He gets Ryan Anderson stealing second base. Don't run on Adley Rutschman. That's the lesson, folks. I don't care what the situation is. Payoff pitch. Rutschman swings and crushes it. Deep right field. Mato's going back. Looks up. It's gone. Two-run moonshot for Adley Rutschman. And he puts the Shorebirds up 6-0 on a mammoth blast. His first home run here with Delmarva. This is Jim Callis with MLB Pipeline. I'm here with Adley Rutschman of the Baltimore Orioles, number one pick in the draft a couple years ago. And Adley, thanks for joining us. We, we, we wanted to reach out to you. We're releasing our top 100 prospects list. Uh, actually, in about half an hour after we do this interview, the list will be out. And I was curious, as a player, I mean, I know none of that stuff really matters in terms of getting to the big leagues and what you become. I mean, you know, it's what happens on the field. But, but as players, do you guys follow that those lists at all? Are you aware of where you rank or where teammates rank, that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely aware of where I'm at. Uh, like you said, though, it doesn't really uh, matter as far as uh, what it means getting to the big leagues. But uh, I, I try not to look at it as much as I can just from the standpoint of um, it doesn't really help me get to my goals. It's just a, a nice compliment in a way. So, it, it yeah. Got you. Well, we, we've got you at number two on our list. And, and what may interest you more, because I know, again, you just said, you know, the personal part of it doesn't matter. The Orioles have five top 100 prospects, which is the most they've ever had on, on any of MLB.com's top 100 prospects list. You're number two. Right-hander Grayson Rodriguez is number 27. Outfielder Heston Kerstad is number 69. Lefty D.L. Hall is right behind him at number 70. And outfielder first baseman Ryan Mountcastle is at, at number 77. Now, I know, I think, I, I don't think Heston's really done that much since he was drafted this year. But I know you played against him in the College World Series a couple years ago, very memorable College World Series. Could you give us a quick scouting report on those four guys? Grayson Rodriguez, Heston Kerstad, D.L. Hall, and Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, I mean, down the list, uh, four really good guys to start off with. And I think their character 
is the most important thing uh, to look out for because they're a bunch of hardworking guys who are going to make the most of their talent. And I think that's the biggest thing. And they definitely uh, deserve to be there. Um, Grayson, you know, uh, I got a chance to know him a lot better when I played with him in Delmarva and in uh, the alternate site this last summer. He throws hard. He commands his pitches. He has a really good mind for pitching. And uh, he's just a he, he's a learn. Uh, he's going to learn what he does well. And he has a really good idea of that at a really young age, uh, which is cool to see because he fit right in at the alternate site. Um, next, you know, Heston, I got to play against him in the college world series. I've heard, I've heard nothing but great things about him so far. And, uh, obviously he's got a great bat, great glove and, uh, really looking forward to meeting him and, uh, seeing what he can provide, uh, DL hall, you know, strong lefty, uh, a lot of great stuff, uh, great out pitches and an electric fastball. So I think he has a lot to provide also. Um, you know, a lot of time spent with him at the alternate site. So he's really uh, developing into the kind of um, pitcher he wants to be right now. And it's very exciting to see what he's doing. Um, Ryan Mountcastle, he's also just, I mean, you saw him up there in the show this year. He's a dude and he's going to continue to be a dude. Um, also a really good guy and just, you know, an exciting person to watch every single time he steps in the box. So uh, looking forward to seeing him do big things um, now and into the future. So a lot of good guys. Uh, very well done on your guys' end. How exciting is it to be part of this resurgent Orioles farm system? I mean, obviously, they've gone through some tough times at the big leagues or you wouldn't be an Oriole. You were the number one pick. You know, Heston was the number two pick in this last draft. But I mean, there's a lot of talent coming through that farm system and I mean, when you're at alternate, you know, alternate camp and, you know, the two versions of spring training last year and even instructional league, you look around and say, it's probably not too far away. We're going to be pretty good in a couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, just being at the alternate site last year, seeing uh, all the talent we had instructs this current year, um, it's it's really promising. And I think uh, more importantly, just the mentality of the guys that we've uh, brought in along with the coaching staff and all the trainers and whatnot. Uh, everyone's got this process-oriented mindset right now that is really, I feel like, elevating everyone's game. We're pushing each other to be better right now, and I think that's the most important thing when it comes down to it. And you combine that with a lot of guys with really good talent, um, I think you're looking at a, a very bright future. You know, in terms of your first full year in pro ball, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to go on a limb and say it probably didn't unfold like you expected. Nobody saw the pandemic coming and there was no minor league season. You were part of big league camp and you were part of the second spring training and alternative camp and instructional league. What were you able to work on? I mean, it wasn't, you know, true, you know, everyday game situations, but what were you able to work on? How hard was it to, I, I guess, develop and get better in these unusual circumstances of 2020? Yeah, there was, uh, you know, there was definitely some positives, a lot of negatives, but um, just being at the alternate site, like I said, with, uh, you know, guys who are going up and down and guys who have been around the game and really know what they're doing and being surrounded by that really helped, I think, me and some of the younger guys who were there to really see what the game was all about and, and learn a lot more um, just because those guys forced you to be better. And that along with the extensive uh, 
one-on-one time with coaching staff during that time, I think really helped guys like me, Gunner, Grayson, DL, uh, all of us really develop and get better during that time. Uh, that's something that couldn't have happened if uh, we had had a full season last year. So uh, from that standpoint, it was really positive. And just the competition level at that camp, uh, it was really competitive every day. So there was definitely some good to be had from that. And um, really a lot of sit down, talk about stuff on a consistent basis, uh, type of conversations that you just don't get, I think, during a full season. Right. I mean, I guess, I mean, especially when you're at, you know, you're at alternate camp or even instructional link, it's not like, I mean, you guys are pretty much, it was all business, you know, just because of the mm-hmm. pandemic and the protocols, you're not, you know, it's, it's basically baseball and baseball and back to the hotel and then more baseball, hey, you know, in terms of, you know, you, you got a, you know, summer pro ball in 2019, you went through these various experiences last year. Where do you feel you're at with your game? What do, what do you think you need to get better at before you're ready for the big leagues? Um, I, I think for me uh, personally, I'm going to be competitive. Um, you know, if you throw me in a situation right now, I'm going to be, I've, I've always been competitive and I feel like that's a, a strong trait uh, about my personality is just that competitive nature, but uh, there's always things to work on in baseball. Um, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be, at a point of, uh, you know, where I'm satisfied at where I'm at at any, you know, point in hitting, defense, throwing, receiving, whatever it is, I don't think I'm ever going to hit that point where I'm satisfied. But, uh, I mean, at this point, I think uh, it's just about getting reps and continuing to refine my swing, my approach, and uh, there's always stuff to get better at. So it's, it's tough to really narrow down because I've never been in the big leagues and I don't really know exactly what it takes until you get thrown in the fire so well I, I know a lot of Orioles fans want you there yesterday like is it is it I mean I, I mean you probably knew it comes with the territory being the number one overall pick because you aren't the number one overall pick if the franchise is doing well but like in some ways you know you're heralded as the future of the franchise I mean do you you feel any pressure from that or is it just you knew that was kind of coming with the territory because Anytime I talk to an Orioles fan, whether it's on Twitter or I run in, you know, back when we went to games and you run into people at the ballpark, everybody asks me, okay, you know, when's Adley Rutschman going to be in Baltimore? Like, why isn't he up yet? When's he getting here? Like, (laughs) how does that stuff make you feel? Is there any pressure with that? Um, Honestly, from my standpoint, I'm just trying to control the controllables right now and just get better every single day. And if I feel like I do that and I'm, uh, you know, working as hard as I can, then I can't be too disappointed with what the result is. So that's always been my mindset. And that's really, that's what's got me. Uh, that's what's got me to where I am at now. So uh, it's worked out so far and I hope it continues to work out. Yeah, no reason to mix that up. I mean, it's worked yeah. out great for you so far. What have you, uh, you know, done in terms of the off season since instructional league, did you take any time off and, and what have you, what have you done to get ready for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of tough because there was a lot of downtime in between spring training and the alternate site. So uh, knowing how much time to take off in between instructs and spring training is is tough because we only get about three, three and a half months between that time. So I, I took off about a week and a half from weightlifting and then got back into it, um, speed training and then hitting a couple, like a week or two after that. So it's, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of time, but, uh, 
that's why you love what you do, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you, I mean, I, I'm guessing the answer is probably no, considering we're coming off a non-existent season, but do you have any idea where the Orioles plan to send you to start the season? Have they discussed that at all? Or is it just TBA? We'll see how the spring goes and go from there. Yeah, actually, I don't know until the last minute. So I, you, you'll probably know before I do. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, I do know Matt Blood because we worked together at Baseball America several years ago, but I, I, I don't think Matt's going to tell me before they let you know where they're, where you're going. Well, well, Adley, I appreciate you joining us. Um, the last time I actually saw you play in person was in Omaha, and I don't know if uh, the Razorbacks got you out too much. I mean, you were just, you know, it seemed like three hits a day. Uh, you, I, I've never seen outside of maybe Phil Nevin back uh, in 1992, one of my first college world series, a guy performed like you did. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you and a lot of other guys in action uh, in this upcoming year and looking forward to seeing you and the Orioles, you know, what, what the team's going to look like in a couple of years. Cause I do think better days are ahead for the franchise. So thanks for joining us. Thanks Jim. I appreciate it. All right. Our thanks to Adley Rutschman for joining us here on the MLB pipeline podcast, the number two overall prospect in baseball. And we go from number two to number five, as Jonathan had a chance to talk to Mariners outfield prospect Julio Rodriguez. Happy to be joined by Julio Rodriguez in the newly minted top 100 list. He comes in at number five overall. Now, Julio, I know prospect lists aren't the most important thing in the world. Uh, You and I have even talked about this, but cool to see your name in the top five. I mean, yeah, it's really good because, uh, first of all, like, I'm happy to join, to join you again. It's always cool talking to you. But it's really cool, man, because, you know, knowing my story, knowing where I came from, out of Loma de Carrera in VR, not a lot of baseball players coming out of there. It is a really cool experience for me to get, you know, all the hard work I've been putting on to be recognized. It's actually a really good, really good feeling. Let's kind of go through 2020 because it was a strange year for everyone, um, you know, especially you. Uh, maybe we could sort of break it up. I guess the first question is, I know you made it back to winter ball, so you're healthy. Every, everything is full go? Yeah, everything is full go and better. I promise you that. And better? Yeah. All right, so what's what's better? I know I've seen video of you swinging and uh, uh, the bat on social media and things like that. What you know? What's what's better about your game now compared to the start of 2020? Uh, I will say my body shape, my arm, my speed. Also, my swing got a lot better too because I'm, I've been working with this guy too, like out here in Tampa. I'm in Tampa right now. I've been working with this guy, a lot of little details that I needed to improve. And I can tell, like, it's, it's a big change. It's a big change. Is it something that you noticed, like, right away, or is it just a gradual, especially because you had you had to shut it down for, for a little while because of the injury, which must have driven you crazy, um, knowing how much you love to be out there. But, like, when you got back, was it right away? You're like, holy cow, I feel like a different person. Or was it, you know, a gradual buildup post-injury? Uh, it's like a gradual, like, like, like after the injury, it was like a little step by step. I know I play so many instructionally, but whenever like I noticed like I needed to change like a bunch of stuff, not change, but like to improve. It was whenever I play in VR. That's whenever I realized like playing against all the competition people. I actually know what they're doing. 
that they're trying to win. Whenever I played there was whenever I realized, oh, okay, so I got this much room to improve it. And that's whenever I realized, okay, I got to find the right people and put the right team around me so they can make help me to, to be better. All right, Julio, before you got hurt, you know, you got to participate, you know, in summer camp, you got to participate in, in the alternate camp, which isn't the same thing as going out and getting a full season of reps. But how much do you think that that helped you just being around sort of like you said, you know, in winter ball, even like guys who are older, guys who have been in the big leagues in terms of understanding what it takes just to prepare for, for, for big league action? Uh, being an alternate side helps because you, you will get the reps in, but whenever it comes to competition, I think it's way more better face than other players. You know, that's why, that's, that, that was the downside. You get the reps, but you will, not, you will not get the competition. I know there was a lot of great players in the alternate side, like, a lot of great play, players, but it's not the same whenever you're facing another guy from a whole different team that it's trying to get at you and they're trying to be your team. So the level of competition will get really high in those moments. That's not different than facing your teammates, you know? Right, right. W- were there guys who, you know, who are, are older than you, maybe at big league time that you were able to, not even like, because obviously your tools are your tools. You know, we, all, we know about mm-hmm. your, your hitting ability and your power potential and all that sort of thing. And, and, but you haven't seen guys at the upper levels or guys in the big leagues in terms of how they get ready for a game, how they, you know, make a game plan. Like were there things you were able to learn about the mental side of the game from those older guys more so than maybe the, the physical stuff? Yeah. Like, especially as I say, in DR, I was around a lot of older players than me, like way older than players than me, players that, that play in the big leagues, played up, the players that play in the art for a long time. And, you know, like, with the playing time, you learn a bunch of stuff. And that I learned way much more, like, in the mentally, mentally side in the art and self-awareness. And that was the biggest part for me over there. Like, that's where I learned the most. You did get to face some good pitching. You know, your Mariner system has some good pitching in it. Uh, you know, all, all those yeah. first-round picks from the last few years. Um any guys that you're like, thank God I don't have to face that guy because he's on my team for, you know, in the real world? I mean, uh, I don't have that mentality. I would, I would love to face him. Like, especially if I want to face Lowell and Gilbert, though, because we always, like, going back and forth. But they're actually really good. But that's the thing. Like, I like competing against the best guys. Like, it's not that I'm going to – whenever – let's say, if you're in the big leagues, you will not, I was hope, not face the guys like Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, stuff like that. You have to, to face him at some point. So if you be like, oh, I don't want to face that guy because he's good. Like, if you go with that mentality, you would go off for four case without, without you even realizing. That, I, I guess that's, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, but, in, you know, in addition uh, to the pitching, uh, you know, and the guys that I'm talking to, you know, Emerson Hancock, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, those guys, you know, the, the three first-round picks. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I think I feel like I, I asked you about Jared Kelnick every time, you know, we talk, but you guys kind of almost like a package deal, you know, how much fun is it to be together with him? You know, you're, you're both either knocking on the door or close to knocking on the door. Uh, how much fun is it? Uh, because I know that you guys kind of have pushed each other to become better players. Uh, it's really good, man. It's really good. Like having guys like him like around because you know, he's a really good player too. And whenever you, you put two, 
really good players together. They they will both be trying to compete against each other in the healthy competition to see who can like do stuff better, which is really good. And at the end of the day, it's gonna help us both. And that's what that's one of the best part. He's a great kid too. So it's it's a, it's a really like like it's really fun to have him around. I, I would be it would be it would be a mistake if I didn't ask you about your your talk show. Um, you know that uh, is, uh, it, it can be stream found uh, online on YouTube and and uh, and elsewhere. How did that how that come to be? Where where the idea come from? And how much fun have you had with it? I mean, yours it's been really fun. Like I got like. I know that my teammates and I know a lot of stuff about them, but like whenever you talk, like, like ask a lot of questions, get to know more about them. You see how fun, how cool the guys are. And whenever they talking to me, you just, they just get loose and they be themselves. That's the best part. Like we want to show you like the people out there, how we really are. And that's the fun part, part about it. And man, it just, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it a lot to be honest. And the idea was like the uh, the Mariners like players, uh, PR PR mm -hmm. PR for the Mariners. Uh, they kind of knew my personality. They, they know like I'm like really outgoing, like with talking to people, like having fun and all that. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. And whenever they like they expressed the idea to me, I was like, man, that sounds cool. Like like I want to do it because at the end of the day, like we want to show you people that they're not close to us or like they're not in the clubhouse with us. I want, I want, I want to show them that it's more than just a guy that plays baseball, you know? And that's, that's, that was the main idea to it. Like show the fans or other people out there that we're just more than players. That were people like who have like a really like a background, like a lot of grind stories. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool because you know, like everybody comes from different places. Everybody's proud to be where, where we are right now. You're a guy I know has taken a huge amount of pride in how much English you've learned. I mean, when you first started this, you didn't, you know, I want people to understand you didn't, you didn't, you know, walk into the Mariners organization speaking a second language like you are now, let alone hosting a, an online show in a different language. Do you look back at the kid you were from when you signed till now in terms of things like the language and maturity and things like that? And, and, realize just how far you've you've come yeah it's actually like a really long way that i've come to be honest like i was i got to a point like before even i signed like it was really close for me to sign uh that i i never expect to be really like i am right now with the language though like i questioned myself like would i ever be as good as let's say those guys that they bilingual would, would i be that good like once i start putting the work i start seeing the progress and all that I was like, man, I really can make this happen. And every single time I was try try to learn something new from anybody that I knew more than me. And like now, like I'm able to do all this stuff, like hosting a show, like even talking to you right now, it feels really good because I'm Dominican, like 100% Dominican. Uh, sometimes like, it is just hard to realize that, that I grew up with no English and any of that. And right now, the fact that I'm talking to you is like really, big step that maybe a lot of people don't understand they should i mean if we had to do this in spanish i'd be in a whole heap of trouble so uh <laughs> um i want to leave with this because clearly once you're done playing we're talking you know 20 some odd years from now you have a future in broadcasting so what i want to end with is you 
doing a home run call of your own home run. You can do it in Spanish if you prefer. Man, right now? Oh Come on, God. on the spot. Just do it. Man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> All right. Too much pressure? I got I to gotta, I gotta practice. I, gotta, I, 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 thought practice you resp- I thought you responded to pressure, Julio. Forgive me. No, I know. I love, I love pressure. I love playing. I, 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 love, I love playing pressure, to be honest. That's why I love playing from fans, a lot of fans. I love all that. All right. But I'll, I'll, I'll end with the more serious question. You can think on that if you feel like doing this fine. But more, more seriously, you know, with your, with your time at, at, at the alternate site, uh, coming back from the injury, seeing what you saw playing winter ball, what do you think you need to do, like, to work on to, to be ready when that phone does call for the first time to come up to Seattle? What do I need to do, man? I just need to play. That's what I need to do. I need to play. I need to play more games and, like, actually show that, I, that I'm ready because I can say, oh, I need to do this, this, and that, but, but if I don't put it together, like, anywhere I go, if I don't put it together, like, there's nowhere I could go. I just need to play. All right, thanks very much to Julio Rodriguez for joining us. The always exciting, excitable J-Rod. We uh, always appreciate when he uh, joins us here. When we come back, we're going to play a little MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospects Jeopardy. That's coming up right after this. I'm Xavier Scruggs, host of The Bigs. And this ain't your average sports podcast. This is MLB's first player-to-player show. You'll hear behind-the-scenes insights from guys like Chicago White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson. You know, I was the youngest, and, you know, being black coming up, man, it was definitely weird, you know, trying to have some locker room presence. I formed myself into a player I am today, so now there's a lot of respect that comes with that. Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher David Price. Double A was in Montgomery. We had six guys staying in a two-bedroom. I slept on an air mattress under the dining room table. And my guy, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty. My mom was scared. She was like, it's a scary place to be in because I don't want, you know, she saw what happened in Kaepernick. The best way to hear these conversations is to subscribe. Find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen. This is Pipeline Jeopardy. And now, here's your host of Pipeline Jeopardy. Jason Thank you, Danny G, and welcome, everyone, and welcome to our contestants. Uh, we will uh, start going left to right with Jim Callis, which uh, for our purpose to, purposes today will be known as Jim Ding Callis. We'll be dinging in to give his answers. He's followed by Jonathan Buzz Mayo and Mike Beep Rosenbaum. We are playing Top 100 Prospects Jeopardy. We have five categories on the board. 200, 400, 600, 800, and $1,000 amounts. Gentlemen, your categories are number ones, flops, teams and teammates, too low, and fill in the blank, in which I will be reading you a quote from a player's scouting report, and you will fill in the blank by asking the player's name. Gentlemen, do you have any questions? Jim, I, I think I can read your mind. I think you have a question. Well, yes. I wanted to know, is this preseason top 100 prospect lists, or does it also include midseason top 100 prospect lists? 
These will be, unless otherwise specified, only preseason lists. And, and I have one more quick question because you know I do. Let's do it. We've, we, MLB, before I got there, switched to top 100s in 2012, I believe. Will there be pre-2012 questions for years where there was a top 50 list? There will be. Okay. We will, we, the questions will span back to our first list that we put out in 2004. From 2004 until 2011, we only did a top 50 prospects list. For our, purpose, for our purposes and for the uh, sake of simplicity, I will simply refer to these lists as the top 100 prospects list. Okay. Those are my questions. Right. Anyone else? Jonathan, Mike. No, let's play. Let's do this thing. All right. Uh, we uh, somehow failed to uh, decide who was going to go first. I will pick a number between 1 and 100. You can each choose a number, and uh, whoever is closest goes first. How's that? Jim, your number? Uh, 33. Jonathan? Uh, 13. Mike? 51. Jim, you are somehow even good at this. My number was 34. Wow. Well, you were thinking of Randy or Or Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Jim, you get to go first. The board is yours. Let's go number one for $200. Number one for $200. Wander Franco is the Rays' fourth different number one overall prospect. This is the only team that has had more than one number one prospect. Ding. Jim. Who are the Minnesota Twins? Really? Joe Maurer and Byron Buxton weren't both number Wait one. Wait a second. Prospects? Wait a second. This the, uh, this is a terrible start because that question's bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe Maurer was number one back in the day, right? And we had Byron Buxton number one for several it, it, years. Yes. So I answered the question correctly. God. <laughs> well, now you're cursing. <laughs> ah, I, I want there, my two dollars during the commercial break. They'd come back and be like, you know, the judges reviewed it and decided that that was correct. I want my two hundred dollars. What are we going to do about this? There are two teams. Give me two hundred dollars because I answered the question correctly. Can you name the second team? Uh, anyone? Oh, how about who are the Los Angeles Angels? Trout and Otani. Yes. So give me four (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars. All right, Jim, go ahead. Um, Let's let's stay with number one for four hundred dollars and hope that the question is accurate this time. Of the 11 drafted players who have been MLB's number one prospect since 2004, this one-time All-Star is the only one who wasn't a first-round pick. Buzz. Jonathan. Who's Matt Moore? That is correct. Jonathan, the board is yours. Let's, uh, Let's stick with number one for $600. Not including the two most recent number one overall prospects, Wander Franco and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the lowest career war belongs to this former number one. Uh, Ding. Okay, well, go ahead. Jonathan. Who's Delman Young? That is correct. Number one for $800. First base is the only position that has not had at least one number one overall prospect. This 10-year big leaguer was the highest-ranked first-base prospect ever at number five. Uh, 
Time is up. Buzz. Right, ah. Danny? Uh, just out of curiosity, is it Justin Murnau? Uh, just out of curiosity, it is not. All right. So, good. I'm glad that I was late. The answer was, who is Casey Kochman? Right. Wow. All right, let's finish number ones for $1,000. New Jersey is the only state that has been the birthplace of two number one overall prospects, Mike Trout and this fellow outfielder. An adequately difficult $1,000 Yeah, that was tough. Answer is Jason Hayward. Bet you thought he was born in Georgia, didn't you? I did. Yep. I did. We're in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Let's do teams and teammates for $200. In the history of our rankings, this team has had the most preseason top 100, top 20, top 10, top five, and number one overall prospects. Beep. 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 Tampa Bay Rays. Beep. Rosenbaum. Correct. Hey, form of a question there, Michael. Oh. Or the Tampa Bay Rays. Yay. Nah, we'll give him credit. Yeah, fine. He got it right. All right, let's. Can can we get a score update? Uh, Looks like Jonathan has one thousand. Jim is at two hundred slash four hundred, and Mike is at two hundred. All right, Mike, you control the board. Teams and teammates for four hundred. These two players are the only two organization mates in the history of our preseason rankings to rank as the top two prospects at their position. Wow. Ding. Jim. Jared Kelnick. Who are Jared Kelnick and who and Julio Rodriguez? That is correct. You were all about to be scolded for not paying attention. Well, I was to, thinking no, somebody I, before I, that. I was thinking two different positions. I didn't understand that question. I, I froze because I was trying to think if we had an outfielder ranked ahead of them for a second. And uh, and then I remembered I did the top 10 outfielder story. So that would have been all right, bad. Jim, you control the board. Um, Let's go teams and teammates for $600. Since 2004, this team has had just 33 preseason top 100 prospects, the fewest of any major league team. Buzz. Jonathan. We're the Colorado Rockies. That is incorrect. Anyone else want to buzz in or beep in or ding in? No, the correct answer was the San Francisco Giants. Hmm. So I'm still on the board. Is that you correct? Still control, you still control the board. This is a tough category. Um, teams and teammates for eight. Well, let's just let's, we got to do all the questions. We'll just do teams and teammates for eight hundred dollars. Only three teams have never had a preseason top five overall prospect: the Brewers, the Pirates, and this team, which is the only team to never have a top ten prospect. Wow. These are good questions. They're just very tough. Correct answer, perhaps surprisingly. Who are the Oakland A's? Hmm. Never had a top 10 prospect. Jim. Uh, let's, let's, this is a th- th- just very difficult category, but let's finish it off. Teams and teammates for $1,000. Only three teams have ever accounted for more than 10% of the players on a list. The Braves in 2011 and these two teams in 2006? <laughs> it's a $1,000 question. It's a tough one. No. You need to get them both? You need to get them both. Yeah. I'll be sitting this one out then. Yeah, you know one, Jim? 
I, like, I'm not sure that you're, or are we all giving up on the question? Yeah, you've all given up. 2006 list. I was going to say the Diamondbacks. I know we're loaded way correct. back one. And I have no idea who the other one would be. I thought you'd get the other one, the Dodgers. Well, it's just, again, I'm not, I'm not complaining. It's just, this is before my time at MLB.com. So I, I don't know what crazy Jonathan Mayo was up to back then. <laughs> I, Oh, no. <laughs> Crazy Jonathan Mayo didn't know what he was up to back then. <laughs> All um, right, Jim, you're still in control of the board. Uh, let's go let, Let's go for uh, Troy Tulowitzki for two. I mean, I'm sorry, too low for two. Too low. Perhaps five questions about Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> Number 34 on the 2008 top 50 prospects list. The only one he was ever on. This pipeline team member lookalike has gone on to earn an MVP award, and six all-star nods. Ding. Buzz. Buzz was first. It was Jonathan me. Buzz. Who is Joey Votto? <laughs> that is correct. I want to go to the, the tape on that oh, one. There's said... no doubt in my mind that I buzzed ahead of you, so yeah. check your uh, track. Calico. We'll send it to the replay room. <laughs> ah, that was ridiculous. I'll take too low for $400. Too low for 400 This four-time all-star won AL MVP four years after making his only appearance on a top 100 list at number 62. No, no guesses. Who is Mookie Betts? Too low for $600. This seven-time All-Star was ranked number 35 the only time he appeared on the list and has won two more Cy Young Awards than the 10 other right-handers who were ranked ahead of him. I'm going to say, who is Max Scherzer? That is correct. Max Scherzer has three Cy Young Awards. Rick Porcello has the only one of the 10 players who ranked. You said two more, so that kind of helped a little bit there. Um, Let's go too low for $800. This gold glover has accumulated 21 war in just 422 career games after being ranked number 100 on the only top 100 list he ever made in 2007. Uh, I think that's supposed to be 2017. It is. <laughs> caught, caught it. Um. Beep. Oh, Mike. Mike. Beep. Rosenbaum. Uh, Matt Chapman. In the form of the question. Oh, who is Matt Chapman? Well, Correct. he did say it. I was, yeah, was kind of unsure myself. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. I had the confidence with that answer. <laughs> but, you know. Even the way you beep, you're like, beep? <laughs> Nicely done. $800 to Mike Rosenbaum. You control the board. Oh, boy. Um, too low for 1000 Of the top 10 war producers over the past five seasons combined, these two never made a top 100 prospects list. I think I know one of them. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to give you a, a little hint. Of the top 10 war producers over the past five seasons, these two, who share a name, never made a top 100 prospects list. Time is up. Jonathan, who, who did you think? I, I thought Jacob deGrom was one. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Jose Altuve. Ah, yes. The Jose's. I think All right, Mike. Mike. Let's go flops for 200. Flops for 200. Of the 16 former top 100 prospects who retired without playing in the big leagues, 
This former hurler has the dubious distinction of being the highest ranked prospect to never make it. Beep. Who is Mark? Who is Mark Appel? That is incorrect. That's a good guess, though. Jim, you even you even wondered about this before we started. I don't know what that means. Correct answer is who is Greg Miller? Was the number three overall prospect? I knew it was going back there. I was like Kyle Sleeth. It was one of those guys. Greg Miller. Wow. It's weird. Well, I, I was thinking. I don't want to say. I was, I was, the guy might be an answer to another question. So never mind. Right. Okay, Mike. Flops are 400. While three current pitchers, Brent Honeywell, Matt Manning, and Forrest Whitley, have been on the list five times without reaching the big leagues yet, this is the only former player to ever be on the list five times without making it to the majors. Ding. Jim. Who is Adam Miller? That is correct. I was... When you said Greg Miller, I was about to, yeah, say, about to say, I was thinking of Adam Miller, and that's like, you know, Adam Miller might be an answer, so I should not to say the very next question, which would have pained me greatly had I mentioned his name and then somebody said Adam Miller, giving it away. Yes, <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. Well, I'll take uh, Millers for six hundred dollars. Yeah, flops slash Millers. This former Cubs prospect is the highest ranked position player to play more than one season in the minors and never reach the big leagues. This is a tough one. Time is up, but I'll give you the year 2005. Can I guess? Yeah, I'll, 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 Afterwards? I'll give you Wait the a minute, wait a minute. You can't give hints. No, no, no. no. Yes. Yeah, I, I cut, I cut it off. It's expired, yeah. Right, right, right. I was just being clear. You know I'm a little competitive. You you can guess, but you could... Yeah, you can guess. Go ahead. Ryan Harvey? Brian Dabarak. Oh, very nice. Jim is leading the way with $1,600. Mike is at 800 and Jonathan is at 600 And Jim, you do control the board, correct? Yeah, I it uh, I will go flops for $800. Flops for 800 This former Cubs prospect is the highest ranked outfield prospect to play more than one season in the minors and never reach the big leagues. No guesses? Mike. Yep, I figured. I I, I wondered. (laughs) I I knew it, you guys. I knew it, but I just couldn't. Who is Ryan Harvey? I couldn't guess it again and take the $800 hit. It was number 43 in 2004. Millers and Harveys all day in this category, huh? Millers and Harveys. Cubs, yeah. Bryans, rather. Bryans, yeah. Bryans, true. Brian Miller is going to be the $1,000 what Marlins outfielder. (laughs) Let's do flops for $1,000. Only four teams have had multiple top 100 prospects fail to make the big leagues. Hmm. Three have had two, while this team has had four, including a remarkable three from the 2004 top 50 list alone. Not a very good list, Jonathan. Come on. Terrible list. Recall your worst list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it turns out that this this category was uh, Millers and Cubs. Is it the Cubs? Because the answer is the Cubs, who in 2004 somehow had three players on that list 
Bobby Brownlee, Ryan Harvey, and Chad Blasco. Ah. Who never made the big leagues. No wonder I didn't. Chad Blasco was on the top 50? (laughs) He was number 47. I don't even ah. remember who I don't even remember who that is. Right-handed pitcher. I, mean, I remember yeah, back yeah, I mean, then. So, all right, Jim. This is like this is like, these are challenging questions. Yes, very challenging. Um, let us go for fill in the blank. Now, now, this is if I remember, Jason. These are scouting reports, and we're supposed to identify the player. I guess that is correct. I will read you a uh, quote from a scouting report, and you will fill in the blank with the player's name in the form okay. of a question. Hopefully. Um, well, let's do fill in the blank for $200. Blank has as much raw power as any prospect in baseball, and there are scouts who feel he has the most power potential of any prospect ever. Ding. Jim. Who is Bryce Harper? That is correct. Um, I fill in the blank for $400. This undersized right-hander will throw as many as five pitches from average to plus. He can get his fastball up to 97 miles per hour. His curve is a plus offering, and it will also throw a slider, changeup, and splitter. He's not afraid to mix them up and will throw them in any count. Blank made a beeline to the big leagues, reaching Arizona in his first full season of pro ball, and he'll take his unorthodox delivery and conditioning methods. Mike. Max Scherzer. Nope, ding. That is incorrect, Jim. Who is Trevor Bauer? That is correct. I knew it, too. I got thrown because Mike refuses to ask answer in the form of a question oh my god i did it again i tell you what mike don't feel bad because when we played this the first time without you i did that about eight times like i and i was flustered and i could not snap out of it i still i still use that as an excuse for not doing well i cannot i could not snap out of it it was the the rest of that the rest of that clue was that he will take the unorthodox delivery and conditioning methods that drew tim linscom comparisons to cleveland by way of the three-team trade that sent Shin Su Chu yeah. to Cincinnati. Yeah. Do that one too, man. I shouldn't have hesitated. I got I got to take some chances here with these last three. All right, Jim. I got I got hung up thinking it was like Sixto Sanchez for a while, and then I got thrown off. Um, fill in the blank for six hundred dollars. Blank has pretty much every tool in the box. It starts with his plus plus speed, which allowed him to swipe fifty-six bases in his first full season and to play an outstanding center field. His pure hitting ability is a plus as well, wise beyond his years in terms of plate discipline and pitch recognition. While he hit just 10 homers in 2010, he did slug 490 for the year and should add more power as he matures. Buzz. Jonathan. Who is Byron Buxton? Too early, isn't it? I don't know. I feel like he's been on the... Oh, 2010, you said. God, see? (laughs) I said I'd take chances. There's the zero. I told you I'd end up with zero. <laughs> Anyone else? I, I think I have, a, I have a rough idea, but I don't think it behooves me to guess wrong. So Why? You have like, such a Go huge lead. It. I don't no, think it could open it back up. I, 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 think, I, I think this guy hit more home. I'm not, I'm not going to officially answer, but can I, can I guess? Uh, unofficial, you can unofficially answer. I, I think, is it Mike Trout? It is Mike Trout. Okay. Uh, wasn't listening to the year. I thought he hit a few more than 10 homers, and that, that, that's the part that threw me. So. All right, fill in the blank for 800. Oh, yes, that would, be, that would be my call, yes. He's got the kind of stuff that should put him near the top of the rotation in time with the ability to throw four pitches, fastball, curve, slider, and change up for strikes. You never can tell what might happen in the future with trades and signings, but the concept of a Philip Hughes blank Ian Kennedy rotation should make Yankees fans plan for baseball. Buzz. Jonathan. Who's Jabba Chamberlain? 
Java is the correct answer. Very nice. Should make Yankees fans plan for baseball deep in October for the next decade or so. Fill in the blank for $1,000. Blank once again proved to be one of the best pure hitters in the minors. He can hit for average in power. The question remains his defense and whether he can be an everyday catcher in the big leagues. He's got a strong arm, though he threw out only 23% of base stealers last year. I'll I'll, I'll guess because I I think I can win either way. Who is Jesus Montero? That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. At best, he might end up an offensive-minded Mike Piazza type whose bat will help people forget about any defensive deficiencies. <laughs> that did not play. He, he did. I know this from my years of broadcasting the AAA uh, All-Star game, which I don't even know if will exist anymore. I think he is tied for the most AAA All-Star game appearances in baseball history. That is, as they say, a dubious honor. Yes. He just gave away an answer to our AAA All-Star game uh, Jeopardy for next week, Jim. The final tally is Jim Dean Callis, $3,200, Jonathan Buzz Mayo, $800, and Mike Beep Rosenbaum, $400. You can see Danny G uh, about picking up your checks, gentlemen. That is uh, MLB Pipeline, uh, Top 100 Prospects, Jeopardy. We'll be right back right after this. All right, and we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the MLB Pipeline Podcast, as we always do with the mailbag. Gary Crawford sends in a question at Baseball Playa OF, I guess. Uh, Who are some of your favorite prospects who just missed the the top 100 list? Uh, Gary's going to get a bit of a bonus here because uh, Mike Rosenbaum, who joined us for Pipeline Top 100 Prospect Jeopardy!, is uh, going to provide an answer to this question along with Jim and Jonathan. So, uh, Mike, who's your guy? I'm going with this year's uh, number 16 overall pick in the draft by the Cubs, Ed Howard, shortstop out of Illinois. Really good defense, um, just just a solid player. He's bigger than you think he is upon first glance, and there's some strength that's going to uh, come out of that frame. So I, I think he's going to be a guy who hits for average power, can stick a shortstop, can run. Um, just, just a really solid player who I think we'll be seeing on the top 100 before too long. Nice. All right. Uh, Jonathan, how about you? I'm going to go to the mound and I'm going to pick Joan Duran of the Minnesota Twins. And mostly because I get to talk about his slinker, um, which, you know, or splinker. Sorry, I, I completely ruined getting to say it. Splinker. It's a splitter sinker hybrid. It's up to 94. It's absolutely nasty. Um, you know, misses bats, gets ground balls with it. Uh, you know, he's up to, to 97 consistently, you know, touching triple digits. He's got nasty, nasty stuff. Um, I, I could see him working his way, uh, into the, the top 100, uh, this year, uh, you know, depending on how he, he comes up, but this is a guy who's, you know, could help out of a bullpen now if he wanted to, but, you know, we're talking two plus pitches and he's got a decent curveball to, to go along with it. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, but, uh, just that, uh, really kind of nasty hybrid pitch that he throws makes him really interesting to me. Jim, I know you, we took a gamble. You guys didn't share who your, uh, your players were in advance of answering this question. You didn't get, uh, <laughs> no, didn't Mike, Mike, swipe, did you? 
No, no, I was going to say Mike took a player from one of the, the 10 top 30s I do, but he did not uh, preempt me. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Leody Tavares of the Rangers. And I'll admit, like, he's been a little bit hard for me to figure out over the years. I mean, we, we knew since he signed in 2015, he's one of the best prospects, best athletes in that international class. And he's always been pushed aggressively by the Rangers. The, the speed and, and just the, the brilliant center field defense have always stood out. And he's, you know, probably the best way to put it, held his own at the plate. You know, he's made contact against much older competition, but never really driven the ball. Um, and last year, he was far and away the best center field option defensively for the Rangers, who didn't really have a lot of guys capable of playing center field. So he, he, he jumped to the big leagues. Uh, last year from, you know, you had about half season experience in double A. And while he didn't have huge offensive numbers, the defense played like it always has. He, he was, he was a force on the bases. He stole eight bases in 33 games and he actually had 11 extra base hits. You know, he's still, he's going to be 22 all season. Um, you know, he may graduate before we get a chance to add him to the list, but I, I do feel better about his offensive upside after seeing him start to drive the ball. He, he's got really good hand-eye coordination. He, he's got feel for the barrel, and now he's starting to drive the ball more. So, so Leody Tavares would be my pick. All right. Thank you very much, Gary Crawford, for the question. You can uh, make sure you're following Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo, and Mike Rosenbaum on Twitter, as well as at MLB Pipeline. That's going to do it for this week's podcast, a Top 100 Prospects MLB Pipeline podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the show or have any suggestions, please leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to the MLB Pipeline podcast. See you next week. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.